I mean, to be fully transparent and to kind of like put myself up for a potential lawsuit from uh, Parkwood, <laughs> when the album was being leaked, I had the album in my inbox for like a cool two weeks before. Like I got it a while Girl, and I was like practicing. You better watch what you say. I can't believe you're saying that. You better yeah. watch what you say. This is, I know. Hi, I'm Brittany. And this is For Colored Nerds, the weekly show where we peel back the layers of Black culture that we rarely discuss in mixed company. While some folks may be a bit hesitant to reveal the contents of their group chats, our guests this week made a whole show about it. Today, we got to chat with the extremely talented and hilarious hosts of Vibe Check, journalist Sam Sanders, journalist and producer of A Strange Loop, Zach Stafford, and writer and poet Saeed Jones. Sam, Zach, and Saeed join us on the show to talk all things Renaissance, Vibe Check's origin story, and later on, we play a game to get the real deal on their friendship. As a heads up, Eric will also be joining us in this episode, so you're going to hear a lot of voices this time around. Get ready. All that and more after the break. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. For our listeners who don't yet know about VibeCheck or aren't familiar with y'all, could you please introduce yourselves and give us a bit about what you do outside of podcasting? Zach, let's start with you. So I'm Zach Stafford. I'm a friend of Sam and Saeed's. I am one of Saeed's longest group chat friends because we have gone through many group chats yes. together. And this one's stuck. <laughs> group girlfriends. Group girlfriends for life. Group girlfriends. Yes. S- digital sister wives. Yes. <laughs> digital sister wives. <laughs> Not quite it either. We'll oh workshop we'll it. Figure it, out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So b- beyond me being a text messenger of these two, I am a journalist. I used to be the editor-in-chief of The Advocate magazine. And I'm also a producer. In this past year, I've been working on a show on Broadway called A Strange Loop which is about a black queer man writing a musical about a black queer man writing a musical about a black queer man. And I won a Tony this year. So I'm very proud of it. And everyone should go see Congrats. it. Congrats. And not just any Tony, best musical, baby. Best musical. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so yes. good. Thank you so much for that, Zach. Saeed, what about you? I'm a poet and essayist. I've published three books at this point. My new book, Alive at the End of the World, comes out. It's a poetry collection. I'm so excited um, to be sharing it with people. It's got a lot of threads, obviously, 
this dynamic that we all share, which is like, it feels like we're alive at the end of the world. But last summer was the 10 year anniversary of my mother passing away of heart disease. And Mm -hmm. so I was living through and thinking through kind of what I call like the afterlife of grief, where I was in my life and making sense of my transformed relationship with her. But of course, you know, last summer, I mean, I, I was just surrounded by grief and we were all going through something collective and Americans aren't good with grief and loss, Mm -hmm. even though it's deeply universal, Mm -hmm. right? We kind of cover it and we try to buy our way out of it and dance our way away from it. And so, yeah, I'm excited to publish this book because I hope it, it resonates and forces us to confront what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the early reviews are any indication, I think a lot of people are very excited (laughs) about the book. So we can't wait to hear more. Sam, you've been with us before. I have. Welcome back. It's good to be here. Thank y'all for having me. Of course, of course. But remind people of who you are. Yeah. Well, it's funny when you pose the question, what do you do outside of podcasts? And I was like, well, not much. (laughs) 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 Um, So most listeners might know me from the 12 plus years I spent in public radio, mostly at NPR. I helped launch the NPR Politics Podcast, and then I hosted my own show for NPR, a podcast and radio show called It's Been a Minute. And I recently moved on from public radio and have launched two shows, one with a my two friends here. The first is called Into It. It's a weekly pop culture digest from Vulture and New York Magazine. And of course, Vibe Check, my baby with uh, Zach and Saeed. But when I'm not doing podcasty things, I am usually performing old auntie curmudgeon in the group chat. Um, I am the spiritual senior of this group, and I take that role quite seriously. But, Oldest uh, ancestor <laughs> alive. <laughs> Truly. Yes. Did you say yes. spi- you said you're the spiritual elder? Yes. I am what does stealing that, that. I am the person who gets the least stuff. I am the least up and up on the youths and the stuff. And so I'm constantly <laughs> approaching every dialogue being like, uh, how do you do, fellow youths? Like, that's my vibe. But I love that. You know, yeah. I have always ripped for being old, even at a young age. And I just got to say, Sam, you're not the only one out there. But, you know, you too can stay tapped into what the, the you know, what the youth are doing. I try. It's more than that. Sam is under. Here's, a, here's yeah. an example. So on this week's episode, we ended up talking about Don't Worry, Darling and, and everything that's going on with that film. And, and you know, inadvertently to talk about that, you have to talk about Chris Pine, who we love. We, we love, love Chris him. Pine. Best of the white like a great guy. Here's what I thought is like an excellent example of Sam's ancestorness. Auntie-ness. <laughs> we probably spent like one third of the segment talking about Chris Pine. And like 90% of that time is Sam yeah. waxing poetic about how much he loves Chris Pine. Like it's obvious, it's detailed. He was talking about specific films that neither of us had heard of. Like just <laughs> in deep. Mm-hmm. This is what is so frustrating for me as a big fan of Chris Pine. Pause, pause. Did you say what? you're a big fan of Chris Pine? I have never heard that sentence out of anyone's mouth in my life. People like Chris Pine. Really? He's a very good actor. Like, and his I eyes... I know this. His eyes take you to another world. Look he into is handsome. Eyes sometime. I just can't remember him in anything. I just and really that's can't, on anyways. you. <laughs> we finish the episode. I pick up my phone. And Sam sends us a voice note, like a 40-second long voice note, <laughs> being like, no, but if, if, if you couldn't tell, y'all, I really like Chris Pine. I'm like, yeah, bitch, we know. What are you talking? And I was 
like that is such a church lady so auntie. Thing. Church lady. At one point in the taping, <laughs> at one point in the taping, I said uh, as an open threat to all of the other cast members of Don't Worry Darling, I said, don't come for Chris Pine. And I said, quote, Listen, what? Chris Pine is the truth. And if y'all lay a hand on my man, I'm talking to you, Harry. I'm talking to you, Olivia. Wow. talking to you, Florence. Touch not mine anointed. Do my prophet no harm. Y'all leave Chris Pine alone. Oh, wow, Sam. Put some respect on that. Oh and honestly, God. when we say that I'm the old of the group, I'm the old church lady of the group. Yeah. That's what it is. Do you keep butterscotch candies in your pocket? Yes, you do. Them Worthers, too, baby. Them Worthers. I got that thing on me. I got that thing on me. <laughs> I have to acknowledge Listen. that this is also like feels like maybe the most meta episode because we I'm sitting here when it I think about the 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 show it's been a minute and I have the pleasure at this moment of sitting with both the the past and future of that show and I just we it has to be said you know how y'all how y'all feeling I'm feeling good yeah how are you feeling Brittany I'm feeling really good I mean you know I said it in my cover letter I said it in my interviews <laughs> you, you left very big shoes to fill. But I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. And also, too, like, I selfishly am loving hearing you in a different context. Like, obviously, I'm loving your new show with Vulture. But also, Vibe Check, it's a whole, it, you are a vibe on Vibe Check. Oh. And I'm really excited that people get to experience that part of you. It's Thank really you. Fun. Well, you know, I mean, so much of this show coming together was, like, me thinking about not just what kind of show do I want to make? But like, who do I want to be around? I think I realized 12 years into public radio that I had had a really good time and I was doing things that I believed in and loved, but I was usually just the only one. There was never, rarely any spaces where there was another black gay man in the room. It just rarely happened. And the longer that I was in the public radio milieu, the more that was happening just like in my life as well. And so me finding Zach, finding Saeed, making them be my friends, making them do this group chat with me, it kind of <laughs> was a master plan. You know, I met Zach through a mutual friend and literally chose where to live in LA based on where he lived. You know, I interviewed Saeed years ago and afterwards I like made Zach make me his friend. And I think like so much of what our friendship represents and what the show vibe check represents is the connections and the conversations I, I wished I had had earlier in my life. I think a lot of black queer men growing up, they aren't able to have other possibility models and role models in their lives. I don't have a lot of that. And so now I have these two and it's bigger than a show. They are edifying and enriching to my life. That is so Feeling beautiful. Absolutely mutual. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. There's so many things below the surface of what you kind of said there. One, I think about right now, everybody's kind of talking about how difficult it is to even just make friends and hold on to friendship and, you know, kind of like engage that at this, you know, this moment. And I'm curious, Sam, talk a bit about what it means to be intentional about like, hey, I, like, I want that community and like I want to kind of build something for myself in a way. You don't hear people kind of proclaim that as much anymore. I feel like friendship is almost always described as like happenstance. It sounds so cool that you were very much like intentional about it. A lot of it, I think, is a function of age and when we move into different phases of our lives. You know, so much of the way that we acquire friends in school in college, in our early working and career years. It's just like 
who's sitting next to me in class? Who has a cubicle next to me at the office? Who did I meet at the work happy hour? And they're friendships of proximity. Mm -hmm. We're in the same place. We're going to be friends. And that works. But I think with the pandemic, with just getting older, you kind of say to yourself, all right, wait, what if I build the friendships I want and the types of relationships that I want and build Mm -hmm. the community that I wish I would have had as a kid, as a teenager, as a college student. And so some of it is just like being in your thirties and wanting that and being more focused on that. And the other part is just like the pandemic really reset a lot of stuff. And it's kind of like, how am I spending my time and who am I spending my time with? And something I want to add to that and why I love our friendship and I love, you know, Eric and Brittany, our new friendship and the ways in which we've all kind of overlapped and grown together in the media yeah. world is that there's a version of our lives, all of our lives here on this on this podcast um, that was 20 years ago where we were all seen as competition to each other, that there was only one space, mm, right. one seat mm. at a table, only one mm. opportunity. And I have grown up literally professionally like alongside Sam and Saeed. I knew them before we were friends. I knew them from Twitter. I knew them from their writing. And we all had to very intentionally, and it began really because Saeed years ago, and I had to check my emails for this, in 2014, sent out an email called Another Country that was based on James Baldwin, piece of work, where he was trying to connect black queer writers to have community with each other, which was really radical at the time because we all were like not talking to each other because we were like, girl, if I help you, then you're going to steal from me and all this stuff. So anyway, that was like Mm -hmm. the foundation to a lot of this that began at 2014. And I was like two years out of college, broke, struggling, trying to figure it out. And there's a moment when you're in a scarcity mindset that you could just attack each other Mm. and use each other to build Mm -hmm. like a lobster out. And something we all did, even I remember the day I met Sam Sanders. I was at NPR and I met Sam through a friend who was a a producer, a person inside NPR. And instead of being like, ooh, this is the person I got to take out. I was like, no, let's be in community. Let's be friends. Let's live down the street from each other. Let's just lean in. Exactly. And that's kind of been our progression. And that's something that like white people in media do not do all the time <laughs> and they don't no, want us to love, do that yeah. <laughs> so i think yeah that, they don't do, they don't with do each with other, other. Exactly. and that's why i think it's so like when people reach out to us about our show and then you all show which we've been listening to for a while it's like we all chose the, the path of leaning in a community and that's why i think it comes through in all of our shows that we kind of love each other and we take care of each other that's so beautiful you know i mean uh, it comes through when, when you listen to the show and, and also just the language that you all use to describe it like you describe vibe check as your favorite group chat basically come to life. Also, I, I another phrase I really like the weekly kiki. I like that one. I think mm-hmm. that was that's good. That's really good. And I think both of those really summarize the show. But uh, you know, going back to your actual group chat, right? We want to know what's going on in there. Like for example, <laughs> you know, a little over a month ago, we all know Beyonce uh-huh. dropped Renaissance. Yes, and our timelines and phones were on fire mm-hmm. that night. But uh, we can only imagine what was going on in your group chat. Sam said in the latest episode that like... I sweated out my AirPods to Beyonce on the elliptical <laughs> the other day. We want to know what was going on in the chat that night when she dropped I mean, me. Well, this is the thing. Zach me. is so connected. Zach always <laughs> has some kind of insider knowledge. Yeah. So whenever there's a big release, a big drop, honestly, it's me and Saeed waiting for some secret tea. And I feel like you must have done that. <laughs> 
I mean, to be fully transparent and to kind of like put myself up for a potential lawsuit from <laughs> Parkwood, when the album was being leaked, I had the album in my inbox for like a cool two weeks before. Like I got it a while Girl, and I was like practicing. you better watch what you say. I can't believe you're saying you this. watch what you say. I know, I know. Restraint. Restraint. That's restraint. So sitting restraint. there, I was like, we had all kind of made a blood pact in a way as like fans of Beyonce that we would not touch it. We would not do anything with it. However... Months before, I had heard a rumor that Honey Dijon, who's one of my favorite DJs, a black trans woman, incredible mm-hmm, artist, mm-hmm. was producing on the album. So I had begun like connecting dots through all the tea I was hearing around town. And I knew that Honey Dijon would have a song. And I assumed it would be a sample of Monet Ray, her track, Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Um, which is at the end of Pure Honey, mm-hmm. the song. And I had pitched that in the group chat. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, so, and also something had happened with my Spotify where my Honey Dijon playlist got deleted by Spotify and been reassigned to a new person, which was like a weird glitch. Not this detective like, sleuth thing going I was like, on. Look at her. <laughs> I was like, something's, something's, something's amiss. So then when I finally <laughs> broke down one day and I was driving to Whole Foods and I was like, I just can't take anymore. We got 48 hours and I saw the track list said pure honey. I was like, I just got to be right. I have to be right. And I clicked it <laughs> and sure enough, I was right. And I told Saeed and Sam and they really shamed yeah. me for it. They're like, how dare you? And that's how he it was. I, like, I was you. twerking through that Whole I remember, Foods. I, well, yeah, what I remember, I just remember Zach was saying something like, I listened to pure honey. It's the gayest shit I've ever heard yep. in my life. Yep. It's the gayest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, Beyonce is going to be duck walking. Yep. And I was like, what? And, we, and of course, Sam, we were like, we took a vow. We said yes. we were. And then, of course, like 30 minutes later, I went and, and again, and for me, it was also pure mm-hmm. honey. And I listened to about, I guess, the opening 30 seconds. And I remember I just came back and I was like, it is the game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how, it, that's, that's how it began. That's how it began. And then from then on, it was kind of this like march through the album once it was released. And now a lot of speculation oh, about yeah. individuals are dropping and all this stuff. So our whole, my whole center of gravity has become about this album in our group chat. There are so many facets to the joys of this album at this time, but it's so rich. And because Beyonce and her collaborators thought so much about honoring community and house and the tr- tradition, it felt like it's perfect for our group text because we do love doing that like detective work together. And then meanwhile, like I'm analyzing the lyrics, you know, and like Sam is like talking about like, like bringing like kind of like his understanding of music and like that technical aspect. And so it was one of the secrets I've learned to a good friendship dynamic. It's like, obviously, you don't want that competition and everything, you know, Sam and right. Zach. But also, it's like complimentary. Yeah. I, I, I just think yeah. it's like very obvious that it helps when people are hitting different notes, coming mm. at coming to the same joy, but from different angles. Well, yeah. And so you're not just like repeating each other and just going, yeah, 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 all the time. Instead, you know, Sam and Zach, I, I'm learning from them. I'm delighting, you know, in the fact that I'm in a group text with two other Black gay men. We are all within striking distance of the same age. And we're also mm. all from the South, you know, and obviously very deeply entrenched in media. And yet there's like a lot of diversity between the three of well, us. And mm. like the things that we like like and what we don't like, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. We were texting about Abbott Elementary one day. And I think one of you was like, yeah, he's so fine. Talking about one of the actors. And I was like, oh, the dude who plays Quinta's broke ass rapper boyfriend. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're talking about the hot teacher. And I'm like, oh, 
the broke rappers hotter. Like we ha- we have different <laughs> opinions on everything. We have different opinions yeah. on so much stuff, and yet we come to our discussion of these things with a body of knowledge and experience that also feels shared. So I just love that, like. I can relate to Zach and Saeed in so many ways, mm-hmm. and yet you ask us how we feel about three things, you will get four opinions. It's amazing, you know? I love it. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launched vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's brand new day toilet bowl cleaner disinfects both the toilet brush and bowl, killing 99.9% of viruses and bacteria with a fragrance that feels like a tropical getaway for your senses. (sighs) Don't just clean, Lysol clean. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's something, like, I heard on the show, and it kind of started to tug at something I've been feeling, and I want to just kind of ask you all about it. Maybe you can help me get to some catharsis. You guys really make politics a part of the show in a way that I've appreciated because it it feels, one, it feels just actually reflective of just how varied a uh, group chat in today is. You know what I'm saying? Like, friends, we're talking about a little bit of everything. Nobody, we have our jokes. Obviously, we're having fun. But, you know, when real shit happens, we're talking about it and how it impacts us. And that's something that you all do so well on the show. I'm just curious, like, how you think about being someone who is really involved and and communicating with people kind of about that in your actual circles when everybody's kind of like, you know, I'm a bit tapped. Yeah. And right now is a really dire time to be tapped. I think what makes our show stand out and our perspective stand out as three gay men talking about politics right now is that our bodies are political. And the battles that are happening around Mm. our politics, they affect us directly. Just this week, a Texas judge said that insurance providers no longer have to cover PrEP if they object religiously on the grounds that gay men should not be given drugs that might help them not get HIV or AIDS. It's not just political. It's us. I take PrEP. And I think that like so many of the other political issues in the news right now directly affect black people. 
Student loan debt affects, it affects black people more than any other group in this country, pound for pound per capita. And so I have to remind myself, and I think I'm always reminded when I'm talking with Zach and Saeed, that the apathy can only go so far because this has a direct impact on our lives and people like us, their lives as well. So I always try to remember that and censor that in all of these talks. And also, we're just journalists at this point who have been generalists for many years. You know, Zach and Saeed mm. hosted a daily show with BuzzFeed that covered any and everything. I covered breaking news and then politics. We have the dexterity to just do it. And I think part of what I like to prove in all of my work is that People who can talk about both things, the hard and the soft, the culture and the politics, they can connect the dots. And when those dots are connected, that is the stuff that can actually move people and change things. And it's like, aside from the fact that Sam and Zach are two of the smartest, curious people I know, I have strong feelings about the way media consistently silos Black people, queer people, Black queer people when it comes to subject matter. And, you know, it has so yeah. much to do with this mm -hmm. sexist, racist construct of objective journalism. Mm -hmm. And so one of the many joys of Vibe Check is that we don't silo ourselves. We are going to bring our full brilliance to whatever calls to our hearts and our minds. And like this week, you know, being able to talk about uh, the, the climate change crisis taking place in Pakistan displacing 35 to 50 million people. Why wouldn't we care about that? Why wouldn't we be able to talk about that? But, you know, Sam, Zach, and I have all been in newsrooms where editors, producers, executives mm -hmm. have looked at people like us and said, this isn't your terrain. Mm -hmm. This isn't your arena. And I just think it's almost like out of the hurt and the anger of that rejection, I think vibe check is a construct of love. And it's like we're, we're, you know, it's like we're bringing with love, like our analysis and our enthusiasm to talk about public policy, to talk about, you know, environmental disaster, because it's important for us to model to ourselves and to our listeners that we all deserve to be engaged in these conversations. And Eric, to what you're saying too more broadly, I think the exhaustion, the tapped out is that people like us are rarely asked why we mm. feel how we feel, if we're asked at all, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think like to add to that, something that we, we have the training, so we have the range. All of us, you know, are trained, not just as journalists, but, you know, Saeed helped build what BuzzFeed is now today. He's very critical to that construction. Mm -hmm. Sam and I have both worked as reporters in like, you know, as beat reporters, as on-air personalities, all this stuff. We have interviewed presidential candidates and people who become presidents. We've been very involved. So when we talk about kind of the things around us, we have that, that source of truth to also stand upon. But also, you know, I just think we do a really great job of expressing one of my favorite things I've read in my life. And it's this line from Penny Morrison's The Bluest Eye where she writes, when why becomes too much to bear, take refuge in how, and it's towards the beginning of the book. And I think that's a lot of how we do the work that we do, that we know that people are asking this big question of why, about like, why is the world ending? Why do I feel so sad? Why don't I feel seen in the media? And we try to do the best we can every week to show the how within that, because the how is like within each of us, because we've survived it all. Um, and we're here to tell a tale. And just to hear Zach say that, the how is our survival. I mean, I think that is what undergirds all of our conversations, we lean towards survival. We lean towards hope. We don't want to just be pessimist. I think a lot of what I had 
grown dissatisfied with in mainstream news coverage, especially after four years of Trump and two years of pandemic, was the general tone of doom and gloom with every story. And every story was depressing. And every story ended basically by saying, we're fucked. And I wanted to find a space and make a lot of spaces where the conversations didn't end like that. But the way you're speaking about the show and the way you're speaking about the way that you hope to delve into politics on the show or your approach to covering politics on the show is really personal. And I think that really underscores just how personal this project is. I've been co-hosting a podcast with my friend for... I always, I always forget. I'm yeah, like, I'm like when did Moses part the Red <laughs> yeah, Sea? Yeah, a long ass like, time. When, when did that happen? For a long time. Even though, you know, we're constantly sort of looking outward, talking to other people, covering different topics. It still is a really personal project still to this day. And I wonder how has working on this together, how has taking your group chat and making it something public and something voiced, how has that changed your friendship between the three of you? Oh, I think on top of just modeling a way to think about the news without despairing about it, we also offer a way to like have conversations that have difference and nuance without being petty or angry about it. We don't really argue, you know, we disagree on a lot, probably everything, you know, but like we don't argue. We learn from each other. We talk with each other. And that's perhaps my favorite part of our friendship. And to have people hear that and pick up on that and value that, I think that's almost the best part. Yeah. And I think for me, what people should understand about our friendship dynamic is that we're three pretty busy people who have a lot going on in our lives, both professionally and personally. So we don't see each other in person very much. You know, Saeed spends a lot of his time between Columbus and New York City. I spend a lot of my time between LA and New York. And Sam's also traveling to New York a lot now with Vulture, but also has like a full life here. We all have partners, we all have families. And our group chat became a way to check in on what's going on around us at all times. But we didn't spend like every weekend together. Like Sam and I barely see each other in person because of me, because I'm gone. I think he sees my he's boyfriend always more traveling. than me. <laughs> Literally, I was and, at the beach <laughs> with Craig last weekend. Yeah, he was with Craig last weekend. So I think like that's what's made the show even special is that like this bond we've had through a group chat for years now is becoming even more validated through the show and people hearing us talk to each other because we've always felt close, but we've never been physically close all the time. Um, so I think it's really, for me, an affirmation of the love between us um, and that it works and that we should stay together forever, maybe. <laughs> forever. Forever, <laughs> forever, ever, ever. And, and also, I enjoy our meetings, you know, our production meetings. I enjoy, um, you know, the recordings. I enjoy these conversations. And I think part of what's been difficult about the human moment of the last few years is, at least speaking for myself, I felt like having good conversations, having dialogues, like what Sam is talking about, like being able to disagree with someone and it's not experienced as a rupture, as a slight, instead as an opportunity mm. for you to learn more about the people you love, you know, not even necessarily to be persuaded, but like to understand someone you care about in a different way because they're coming to the subject from a different position. You know, I just think that is such a joy. And I think to have it as a podcast, you know, as this object that's out in the world that other people can access, it's so rare. You know, usually you, you go to dinner and you and Eric have a great conversation. You know, that's just for y'all. That's just for you. Mm -hmm. But when you're able to capture that richness as a podcast, it reverberates yeah. and it echoes. And then other people you love are able to join in on that conversation. So it's mm. just so, like, blessed, you know? On that note, like, we couldn't have, 
you know, another friend group on the show without doing the obligatory friendship test. You know, it's it's not too complicated. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Not complicated at all. We're not trying to destroy the beautiful thing that you all just described. Eric was like, well, that was all great. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get to the real shit. No. Mm-hmm. Um, no, seriously. We just have some quick fire, you know, make or break write it our questions for the three of you and you know this is a lightning round so you know you all have to answer fast are you ready i don't no. know <laughs> but go on i'm ready <laughs> i appreciate the uh the fear that i can hear in all your voices okay so let's get to it if you are at the club and one of you gets into a fight who is the person that's going to be first to back you up Saeed. Saeed. Saeed will fight. Saeed will fight. fight. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Yeah. 100% Saeed. I, I, I do think Sam and I are probably closer to being more likely to get into a fight. So either I would start yeah. the fight or I'd be right, right yeah. behind and I'm, and I'm Zach like, is very diplomatic. I'm like famously diplomatic. <laughs> Zach, would, Zach would already be like, region- Zach would already have some like high profile attorney oh, on the phone. Like, honey, D- <laughs> honey, Deshaun, I need help. My friends are in an altercation. Yeah. Who do you call? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would already know yeah. the club owner. I would be having people taken <laughs> to the back door. The CCTV cameras would be turned off magically. It would just be like a whole thing. So it's like you yeah. Anyway, <laughs> who is your first call to bail you out of jail? Zach. No, me. He knows everybody. <laughs> Zach knows, knows everybody. everybody. Knows everybody. Yeah. It's not because you have money. Because sometimes you got that friend is the money. You friend. need someone who can pull oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Zach could pull together a hundred grand in thirty six hours. Oh yeah, one hundred. I would see it as a fun challenge. I'd be like, oh, you need a hundred racks. <laughs> Great. Let's uh-huh. see. <laughs> And me being the Sagittarius now, I'm like, well, shit, now I want to start a fight just so we can see how this place is going. <laughs> Let's test this out. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Next question. Okay. So you all are so, you know, well-reasoned on the show. And I know that's because you've had time to dialogue and talk through how you feel about these things. But I need to know in the group text, who has the hottest takes? Who is that person who you're like, really? Sam. 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 It's Sam. <laughs> Yes. Uh, he spoke yes. and hit dog hollered real quick. Listen. He was like, wait, so by wow. yeah, explain the question. That's Sam. Sam, Sam, we'll give you the you reason know. why the reason why it's hot takes because it's not fully formed yet. It's like fresh it's out the oven. <laughs> A lot of times my energy in the group chat is like, oh, this guy just woke up and saw one tweet about the thing. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you something. And I yes. like have not read yet. Sam, <laughs> Sam just reads the headlines and becomes like, triggered immediately. And then begins. Well, and yeah. I'm consistently like, did this nigga just, did he just, you know what I mean? Like that is, <laughs> that's what's like right behind my eyes yes. as I'm looking at a text. But I'm not mad. I'm just like, what? My usual process is like, I'll like have the bad take. And then I'll be seeing Zach and Saeed help me course correct. And then I'll be Googling the headlines. And then 45 minutes in, I get it. But it's a fun ride to get I there. Mean, and that's the thing. Is that Sam's <laughs> deeply researched, but he always begins with a POV. And then that's how he begins to drink. It's just like, I'll look at something Sam says, and I'm like, how the fuck did George Washington yeah. Carver's ghost get my number? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> What's the worst hot take of Sam's that you're willing to share? Oh, oh man. How much time you got? Oh, I know. You said the other day that you didn't think Break My Soul was the song of the summer. I don't. I'm still kind of salty. I now. know. Oh, you know, I don't either. 
what is the replacement? I think that like if we're just talking about ubiquity, like numbers, platforms, it's probably Lizzo's About Damn Time, which is a song that I don't like. It's very girl boss, kids bop. And when I think mm. of like Beyonce lead singles, it's not my favorite lead single for a Beyonce album. I also think that like I would have made another song on Renaissance, the first single. I love that album, but I think that like compared to other tracks on the album, Break My Soul to me is, I would have loved to hear Heat be the first single. That would have been really fun. Now, I agree that I don't think this, I don't, I don't think Break My Soul was a song, song of the summer. I think it's, it's probably one, it's like my bottom one or two of songs on Renaissance. Not to say it's bad, but it's wow. okay. Wow. But I think. It does fit better within the context of the album. I think the reason why she made it the single is because it is something that sounds good on the radio. It's radio ready, but it also clearly communicates what the album is going to be yeah. like, what we can expect. Which is she what a single is supposed to do. But here's yeah, the thing, yeah. though. I like every time I hear Break My Soul, about two minutes, about two and a half minutes in, the song just <laughs> begins to feel repetitive. And I get it when you're making a radio single that you want to stick, you got to sing a chorus a lot, but like, by the time we get to minute four of that song of Beyonce singing sing Break My Soul again, I'm kind of like, all right. And I listen, don't, I don't cancel know. me. I don't cancel me. <laughs> I think we're just on a different existential journey because I just, it sneaks up yeah. on me. It's like yeah. every third, still every third time that I listen to Break My Soul. I mean, I know that, you know, we know it like the, the back of our hands at this point, but I still get emotional. Like it's, there's a, and maybe it's like the poet in me. Like I think a lot about mm. like what repetition means. Yeah. And, and and my thing is, I think when someone's repeating themselves a lot, it's because they're trying to convince themselves of something. Mm-hmm. And so I think no. to me, someone saying again and again, you won't break my soul. You, She's not saying that out she's saying that in you know and so and i don't know i th- there's something about that that gets me choked up no well we we uh That's taped beautiful. the pilot of vibe check after the single was released and i remember you feeling some kind of way and like you analyzed the lyrics and the text <laughs> as a poet and i still think that we should release that audio it was a really good discussion <laughs> it was good it was good I had survived the crucible of LAX, that God offered <laughs> <laughs> the grace of that song. <laughs> okay, so I, we'll talk, shout out to Burbank Airport. Um, I mean, Burbank is that, that's <laughs> yes. it. I mean, it's something I want to share that just came to me because I've been trying to wreck my brain of like hot takes for Sam, but something, a story that I've never said in public that I don't think Sam would be mad if I share of like kind of quintessential Sam Sanders is Sam Sanders is very quick to react and get excited about things. So that's where he begins. It's like super, super excited. So one day we were leaving a restaurant in LA. We had a few drinks and as background, Sam Sanders is very into Charlie Pluth's you know, online presence. Like how Charlie Pluth is like, <laughs> we everywhere. all are, baby. Yes. We all talk the singer, about it. The we all talk so, about it. We are walking out of the restaurant. As we're walking out, Charlie's walking in with his bodyguard. Sam looks Charlie in the face and goes, is that Charlie Pluth? Like to his face, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> like we are a foot away. And I was like, this man just, I was like, girl, let's go outside. <laughs> let's keep moving. And that's Sam Sanders to all news. Like every news item, that's how he responds in that way. <laughs> But, and then what's crazy is two days later, you were texting about that, and I couldn't remember seeing Charlie didn't remember. Poop. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, who? what man? <laughs> I'm very so, yeah. much uh, the fish in Finding Nemo, like a seven-second memory. Dory. Like, that's, I'm Dory. Like, I'm a pop culture Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Touch of Dory. Yep. Yep. Touch of Dory. I got one last quickfire question. This is possibly the most important question when it comes to group chat. Let's do it. Who is... The biggest gossip. 
Ooh. Zach. Zach. Maybe me. Me. Yes, me. Zach. Because I just get, I hear so much. I just need a place to share it. And there's times where my brain forgets like what I can say and cannot say in public. So or I, you'll forget what you told us and then we'll bring it back up you. and yeah. you were like, oh. I'm like, oh, I did tell you that. So yeah, I just get a lot of information thrown at me. A lot. A lot, lot. And uh, I share it with Sayasim <laughs> And we're better for it. And we're better for it. I'm the thirstiest for gossip like i'm always like i want gossip about this yeah saeed will ask me what i know on something he'll be like i'm sure you know something and i'll be like "Mm, yeah i did hear something (laughs) i know you but but, but also like sometimes i forget because that's just how we communicate and and that you know we just i i forget and so i've repeated zach gossip with other people before. <laughs> and, and it's like you see people's eyes get bigger and bigger. You're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> so, but that is not common knowledge. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. So, anyway, text me if you want some tea. <laughs> All right. So, before we let y'all go, we're going to actually just steal one little beautiful thing that y'all do on your show. We can't have the, you know, host of Vibe Check on our show without asking for a few recommendations for the week so we can get our vibe right. If you had to point somebody in the right direction this week, what would you point them to? I have been enjoying the new album from Amber Mark. And I've been enjoying it because it's really nice, smooth, modern R&B. Definitely a nice, chill vibe. But I also love the way that I discovered her. She's an up-and-coming Black artist making some really good music. But I only found her through Spotify and the algorithm. For months, songs of hers would just pop up in a playlist or come through in the queue. And finally, I was like, let me check this young whippersnapper out. And the album, which came out this year, is really good. And for a long time, I was really down on all of the seismic shifts in the music industry terrestrial radio is dying the album itself seems to be dying unless you're as big as beyonce or adele and so many of the ways that i used to discover and value and find new music they felt like they were gone and i felt a bit rudderless but this was an instance of spotify and the new industry and the algorithm giving me something good like i never saw amber marks on any screens i never heard her on the radio but Spotify just kept nudging me and then it worked and the algo was right. So I recommend the album and I also recommend um, trusting the algorithm sometimes because it can be good. And the album itself is called, let me tell you so folks can find it. The album is called Three Dimensions Deep. The artist is Amber Mark and it's wonderfully chill R&B. It's very true. She is good. I want to recommend a graphic novel by one of my favorite fiction writers, Carmen Maria Machado, um, Mm. her body and other parties, for example, and great, great short story collection. She has a graphic novel out that came out a few years ago called The Low, Low Woods. It's set in uh, a town in Pennsylvania called, oh, Shudder to Think. (laughs) Shudder to Think, Pennsylvania. It's a former coal mining town that's just been destroyed by the industry over years to the point that the town's kind of perpetually on fire. And it focuses on two young women who are best friends who go on an adventure over the graphic novel. But what I will say, it brings like climate disaster, 
coming of age, you know, the way these industries have ravaged towns, and then also like sexual violence and, and, and gender politics kind of all comes together. Like if you've read any of Carmen Maria Machado's work, you're going to love this graphic novel. And I just think it's just unexpected. You know, I think when we think of like award-winning, you know, literary writers like her, we might not expect to see them thriving in like the comic territory, but mm-hmm. um, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. The art is gorgeous and captivating and it's spooky as hell. I loved it. Thank you for that tip. I, lo- I loved her body in other parties. Zach, what about you? So I'm going to do something that's a bit random, but I'm obsessed with this current TikTok star who just became famous within the past, I would say, month. Her name's uh, Donna Duru. She is the black woman who remixes white oh, songs at clubs. So, so she sings. I think everyone's <laughs> but she's the woman that you'll see on TikTok that starts singing a song and then begins remixing it only with her vocals into a very white EDM kind of sound or genre. I'm telling you love and I And I just love it so much because I do think we're at a moment due to Beyonce where we're reckoning with the history of house music and DJs and EDM. Mm. So we're now at the moment in the culture where you're seeing it kind of like continue to evolve and grow in terms of the types of critique and culture that's being produced through to the due to this wave. And um, she's a musician too. And her music is good. And she's currently becoming famous because she's making fun of EDM. But I think through the same process, she's reclaiming and building a platform for herself. So I just really love like when you see TikTok people, especially black women, get a space, a platform to build and then grow kind of their musical production on top of that. And um, also she's just really, really good. It's really funny. Well, thank you all so much for Seriously, joining us today. Yeah. This has been so much fun. I'm this so glad so that we got to catch all three of you at the same time because y'all are busy. Oh my God, this is so fun. This is so fun. Thanks, y'all. Thank y'all. This was delightful. For Colored Nerds was created by me, Eric Eddings, and Brittany Luce. It's supported by a production team at Stitcher, including producer Alexis Williams, story editor Gianna Palmer, social producer Elise Ellis, and engineer Marcus Hom. Our theme music is by Willie Green. And look, y'all, we love hearing from you so, so much. So please shout us out on Instagram at For Colored Nerds, on Twitter at For Colored Nerds. You can find us everywhere at For Colored Nerds. And tell your friends, too. We love it also when we're like, yo, my homie, cousin, best friend told me to listen to this episode. And it was bomb. And then I subscribed. That's like my favorite song. So please do your, do your friend, do your community a favor and share an episode and tell us which one it was. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com.